Every company has breakdowns in their revenue process. Sure thing deals slip into next quarter, competitors creep in and swipe deals away at the last minute, and deals getting single threaded that don't get to power. These are just a few examples of revenue leak, but there are a ton more, and they're preventing your team from reaching their sales targets. That's why I'm such a big fan of Clary's revenue platform. It's the only tool that actually helps leaders take control of their revenue and thrive through any market conditions, especially when things get tough. You can't afford to miss a single detail, but you also can't be leading by gut. Clary combines the science and the art of sales and sales leadership. So go to Clary.com if you want to answer the most important question in your business. Are you going to meet, beat, or miss on revenue? Welcome to the Live Better, Sell Better podcast with your host, Kevin Dorsey of Inside Sales Excellence, the number one Patreon group and YouTube channel for tech sellers and tech sales leaders, where we dive in deep for tactical advice on how to book more meetings, close more deals faster, and lead sales teams to success. But we don't stop there. We also focus on the person in salesperson. We talk about mindset, goals, time management, and so much more. So thank you for listening. And if you're interested, head on over to patreon.com slash inside sales excellence. Now with that, grab a notepad, get ready, and let's dive into the good stuff. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live Better, Sell Better podcast. This is your host, Kevin Dorsey, aka KD. And today we're going to talk about something that everybody wants, but we never actually talk about what to do with it, which is money. You ask a lot of sellers why they got into sales, they will say for the money, right? You look at job ads, here's how much you can make, commissions, president's club, bonuses, all of this stuff around money. Yet money is one of those things that we are never actually taught what to do with. We will work our entire lives to make money, but then never put our money to work. This is why I'm so excited to have Stacey Sussman on the show with me today. She is the CRO or at RevUp Advisory, but she has actually crafted a very powerful framework on how to put your money to work for you. So ideally, eventually, you don't have to work for money anymore. So we are going to dive into her frameworks, her ideas, her tips, everything around it. Stacey, welcome to the show. Hey, KD. Pleasure. So excited to be here. I am super excited to jump into this. We've been having some offline conversations about this. We all love money. You're right. But how do we make money work for us? And I think there's a differentiation there. Yeah. So let's start with a little bit of kind of like your journey, right? I guess when when was it an aha moment or when was it like a oh, I need to make some changes, you know, because you have a lot of sellers, you know, coming up in their career, making multiple six figures. And there's never like this light bulb like moment. Like when did it click for you? Like, ooh, I need to be doing something different with my money. Yeah. So I was running sales teams in New York City. I did that for almost two decades. And I looked around and I was like, we get these big fat paychecks and we get these awesome bonuses quarterly if you're lucky. And I was like, okay, so what am I going to do with all this money? So when I actually shifted um, out of 
corporate sales and into doing this for my own business, I realized I didn't have the cushy 401k, the commission checks weren't coming every quarter. And I was like, okay, what can I do with my money to grow my money? And that was about five, six years ago. And I was like, I need to do something differently without the confines and the structure of the corporate backing. And I wish that I would have taught myself this within that confine of that structure, but we're all here to learn. So that's why we're imparting this wisdom on you today. Right. Life, life is a journey. We all look back and go, Ooh, if I had just started a little bit earlier. So then walk me through a little bit of the call of that self education, right? Like, where did you start? Like, what did you start to read? Like, how did you start to invest in yourself around this? So I'm, I'm, my husband's in finance. So he always talks about bulls and bears and the stock market. And I see these red and green charts and I'm like, that's great. You're a finance guy, but I'm in sales. It's totally different. So I looked up companies like Alvest and follow some like influential kind of women in the space that were starting venture firms. And I went to some lectures on them. I read a bunch of books. I listened to podcasts, articles, and just started to understand what can you do with your money outside of putting it in the bank? And how can you make money on your money? This has been an evolution and sort of a journey in order to get there. But I think you need to figure it out for yourself. And it's great if someone else knows it. But I think when you find the knowledge and the information and you can apply that in your own life and in your own business, that's when it really kind of like exponentially goes leaps and bounds. So where would you recommend someone starts, right? Because there's obviously there's different levels as you make money, right? So let's let's start with a few, let, like say, you know, I'm just getting started in sales. I'm starting to, you know, I'm making my first 100K a year, right? So I don't have like five grand a month or something to put into investments. But like, where would you recommend people start? So it's kind of like start getting into your framework a little bit here as it starts to build. So I'm starting to make some some money now. Where should I start putting money into as I'm kind of going through this journey? So I think the W2 job's amazing and great. And and that's where you're getting that like 100K probably salary. Hopefully you're making a good commission check and you're like, oh my God, I, I sort of made it. I want that, but I've gotten to a place where I can pay all the bills and now I have a little bit of surplus or discretionary income with, where I could do something else with it. So this is where I introduced as part of the framework, you got your W-2, that's happening, that's rolling bi-weekly, and then you're potentially going to get some bonus or commission. And from that, that's where you get this like side hustle concept, right? So do you have a friend that's in banking, and I saw this in New York all the time, where they're like, I'm going to open a restaurant, or I'm going to invest in artwork, or I'm going to take my VC connection and I'm going to give you like a deck and you're going to, there's going to be a cash call. And so I feel like start going through your network and seeing what other people are doing outside maybe your industry or outside your traditional W2. And also I would say like, what are you passionate about? Are you passionate about education? Are you passionate about art? Are you passionate about whatever it could be, but maybe find something you're passionate about and then take that side hustle, figure out a way to either invest in that or find a company that maybe is doing that and offer, hey, like if I infuse a little bit of cash into your company, what can you do with it? And what would that look like? Maybe you could be an advisor, or maybe you could get like a board seat or something. 
I feel like it's breaking the mold of just tunnel vision of like, this is my sales job. This is all I got. This is what I can offer. Everyone has sort of a passion. And I think taking that money and putting it in something like that is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. I really encourage people when they first start getting into a little bit more money, I highly recommend like investing in like call it like coaching and programs like it's like learn some of these side hustle skills right like learn drop shipping or learn day trading learn how to do you know ai t-shirt printing like look purchase some of that knowledge to kind of get you going and then to your point right like if you have a passion for something find ways to invest whether it's time money or ideas into it to again start making some money right like i look back in my early career some of my early side hustles almost all of them failed because they had to make money. Like if it didn't make money right away, I couldn't keep doing it. Right. Whereas like now, right, I'm able to invest in my side hustles. It's like, it doesn't need to make money now. It can build over time and then it gets to a great, a great place. And so go a little bit deeper just on like side hustles, just as a concept, right? Of like kind of how to get started, like how to consider like what's a, you know, a good hustle versus a bad hustle. And I would love to hear you talk about how it doesn't take away from your W-2. Because that's always like the fear with people, leaders and ICs. Like, well, if I'm doing that, then it's going to distract from my real job. I'm like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. So talk about that a little bit further. So I think that's a really important thing. Yeah. So first of all, I feel like time is really important. And I feel like when you end up having kids and your parent, you realize how much probably time you had when you didn't have that. So I think um, it's almost an excuse, I would say, that you don't have time for it. I have time to do a lot of things, and I'm a parent and run a business and a house. So I would say you're going to make time for things you want to make time for. You're not going to make time for things you don't want to have time for. And I think that goes back to the side hustle. I also like the idea that you said of investing in coaching or getting in the rooms to do knowledge sharing and education, I invest in a lot of that. And a lot yeah. of these, I'll say side hustle opportunities have come from getting in the right rooms, paid for right rooms with the right people and be like, oh my God, you're so interesting. You know a lot about sales and revenue. I have this company over here and they can use your help. Can I give you cash plus equity or can you invest? I feel like there's so much of that that goes on. So I feel like if you don't know about it, that's okay, but pay to get in the right rooms to talk about that. From a side hustle perspective, um, just give you an example, like in my 20s and living in New York, we had a friend that was in banking and he was going to start a restaurant on the Lower East Side. So I wasn't personally going to be involved in running the restaurant, looking for the real estate, doing the day-to-day -day operations. But because we were in the friend circle, uh, he would say, hey, I'm looking to get X amount of money, maybe half a million dollars, a million dollars, whatever. I personally wasn't investing that kind of money. But if you can give me increments of five, 10, 15, $20,000, you can be a silent investor in my restaurant and we'll see where it goes. And they had a plan and a revenue model and a business model and all that kind of stuff. And I was given the opportunity to invest in this Lower East Side restaurant. I will say like you, Katie, some of the stuff failed and some of the stuff turned out great. But I feel like 
with the side hustle, it's this discretionary income, even let's just say $5,000. If I lost that $5,000 tomorrow, that would really suck, but it wouldn't change my life. Right. And I wouldn't not be able to pay my mortgage and my bills and my car and all that kind of stuff. So I think you need to be really smart about what you can afford to put aside to potentially really lose at the end of the day and mm -hmm. do what I consider a calculated risk on the side hustle. You need someone to send you an investor deck or a business plan or a revenue model. You can run it by lawyers or other friends and say, do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea to invest? But I think you need to start somewhere and you need to start getting in the rooms or looking at your network on LinkedIn or go on your phone and say, who do I know that's doing something interesting that I can be like a silent partner on the side hustle because I do have a full-time job at the end of the day. Yeah. And I want to call it a theme in your answers here a little bit that I want people to pick up on is like your, your network. Like, you know, you mentioned like being in the right room, going through your LinkedIn, going through your phone. And I'll just throw this out to people, like surround yourself with people that are interested in this kind of stuff. Because if your friend circle, all they want to talk about is, you know, popping bottles at the club or what happened on a fantasy football team or the latest gossip with the Kardashians or whatever else. Like that's what your world's going to be around. Whereas if you are around people that love to talk ideas and love to like, I literally, this literally just happened. Scott Lee is a good friend of mine. You know, so he always does side hustles too. I was at his house with Alex Kremer. We're talking and literally like, we're talking about business ideas while watching a college basketball game, sipping on tequila on a Friday night. We have a meeting in a week to talk about how to launch it because that's who we surround ourselves with is people that love to think about these types of things and ideas. And I just, I think that's a really important thing to think about is have friends that are into this, you know, because if it's only you, then you're always going to be stuck. So so now let's go to the next step here. So, okay, add one point to that. so yeah. I love that idea of the network. And I also want to say some people feel stuck in their network. They're like, hey, Susie, hey, Katie, I don't have that network. So it's like, where did you come from? Where are you today? And then where do you want to go? And I think by investing in communities, paid coaching, masterminds, et cetera, you can put yourself in a room with a network that you actually didn't have, but because you all are sort of paying to play, there's a level of transparency and trust because you were sort of vetted to get there that even if you're like, I don't have that network, go find places where that network exists. I know we're both, you know, pavilion members or part of that community and go start tapping those networks because I agree, not everyone came from generational wealth or not everyone was a rich kid growing up, but you can get there if you want to try to get there. And I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. So now let's keep building here. Okay, so I got my W-2. I'm doing well there. Let's say I've started to do a little bit of side hustles. Now, again, I'm now still making money. Well, now what do I do with this money, right? So now I'm making a little bit more money. It's going well, but I'm still working for it or I'm still having to do things for it. What's that, that next step of the framework of like, okay, I'm doing well in my W-2. I've got a side hustle starting to generate. Now how do we continue to build and generate, call it more revenue, more income coming in that's starting to grow for us? So I think there's a few paths you can take. One is 
is your side hustle making the same or more money where your W-2 is like, that's great. I do that day in and day out. But at the end of the day, maybe that's like not your passion or it's sucking the life out of you. And you're like, I'm amazing at this, but I actually want to do that thing over there. And that thing over there is making me really good money. And now I can have the courage and the opportunity to step out into that side hustle and make that a full-time business. That's a definite possibility. I think it's a leap and I think it's not for the faint of heart, but I do feel like people do that. I mean, I started my consultancy firm when I was in sales and I kind of gave up the big sales paycheck to start this and go for it. And it's been beyond rewarding, but it's not for everyone. But I think you have to think about it. The other thing is you may want to buy a business with some other professional friends, friends from high school, buddies, etc. And you're like, hey, guys, I'm still going to do my W-2 for now. If we can get to this revenue point where we're making a couple million, let's say south of 5 million in ARR, I'm going to give up my W-2. I'm going to come in as a real partner instead of a silent partner that's just giving you backing. And I'm going to be the CEO, CRO, and this is what my role is going to look like. But until we get to that inflection point, I'm going to do both. So I think there's a lot of room. A lot of people do make their side hustles, their permanent hustle and their business. I think people are just scared to do it. And also when you're you're not so focused, when you're a W-2 and you got all these side hustles going on, I think the the tipping point is when you move the side hustle into more of a permanent, full-time passion project that's now your job. That's when the magic happens in my mind. And I'm sure you know this based on experience. 100%. You know, like at this point, like I make just as much outside of my W-2 as I do in my W-2. And I know people have different takes on it, but it's like, I believe that's made me a better leader. Because I don't have to, I don't make money decisions at work. Yes. I'm never thinking about my comp plan, my commission, what is my bonus going to be, right? I think it makes me a better leader. I can focus truly on my people, truly on what I think are the long-term strategies, not the short-term, well, I really want to buy something new. So like, how am I going to maximize my comp plan? It's made me a better leader. I think a better strategist, right? And it just goes both ways at that financial pressure, especially in sales, because we all know this. <laughs> When you need to close the deal, that commission breath, oh, that commission breath is coming out. Like it makes it worse. Whereas if you know you're okay money wise, and it doesn't necessarily matter if you close it this month or next month, it makes I think it makes you a better seller in all of this. So what are let's give some people some ideas here. What are types of businesses to look into purchasing? Right, like you've mentioned, like restaurants, but like, what are some some ideas that people could kind of be thinking about in that? Realm? As much as I get um, appointment setting meetings on LinkedIn, I also get, "Would you like to buy this franchise?" I get a mm-hmm. lot of DMs on LinkedIn. Hey, I have a really interesting franchise. Would you like to buy it? I think that's interesting. My friend's father down here in South Florida is a small business broker. Did you even know something like that exists? He basically has a marketplace of people that want to buy small businesses and small business owners that want to get out of their small business 
and because maybe their kids don't want to take it over. Maybe they want to retire. Maybe they have a passion project and they want to do something else. And so he matches buyers and sellers and he's built a platform that you can just go through and kind of filter and, mm -hmm. and it says all the cogs, all the revenue they're making, where they're located, all this other stuff, franchises, car washes, open, you can open a school, you can open a technology company, you can open an art gallery. I moved from New York City to South Florida. There's so much that a local community needs to make it thrive. I know you said you're in Austin. There's so many small businesses in a local community that you can go out and buy. Or is there something in your town? Like, we don't have the greatest, like, coffee shops like in new york city i can walk to every corner and my birch coffee get my like real awesome homegrown coffee there's not that many of that here in south florida mm -hmm. where i am that would be a really awesome business to start and i feel like there's yeah. once you have a figure out like the need in the community or a need that you think there's in the community and you start doing some like voice of customer research and saying Hey, friends in the community, I'm thinking of starting a coffee shop. What would you think? Would you come? What do you think you'd like about it? What do you think you don't like about it? I think you, and then you can maybe even go to that small business platform and say, Hey, is there any coffee shops within like a 30 mile radius that the person wants out? I can buy it. It's already running and I can take that feedback and make it better. Or am I going to go the hard route, but even exciting and say, I'm going to go for real estate and put one in a place and geographic location that I think needs that. Yeah, no, there's so there's so many things like I am more and more like looking into call like the boring businesses, more the laundromat, right? Like a laundromat, a car wash, you know, things like that. And then bring like what we know about technology and go to market and see are there things that you can install, update put some business bottles on top of it to let it run because those are things that are not necessarily going to just disappear overnight. You know, people still need to wash their clothes. People still need to get their car washed, you know, like all of those things. So, And they're not as sexy as maybe being in sales and kind of flying across the country and going to all these awesome events with perks. But at the end of the day, we're in the business of, or at least I'm going to say I am, of making my money make money so my next generation can be better off than I was. Right. Like that's, you know, like I'm looking at a laundromat right now on the outside of Houston, right? That cash flow is 140 to 150K a year, right? Pay a couple of employees, make some upgrades. Like there's that net six, seven K a month. Easy. Amazing. Right. Like. There you go. Then you take that, you take the equity out of that, buy another one, take it. You could quite literally in a matter of a few years get to a place where you're making 20, 30 G's a month from these unsexy businesses because you let your money go to work for you. So oh, I, I love you don't it. have to be running it at the end of the day. I feel like as the money makes money, you hire a manager or someone else, a GM to run the business at the end of the day. And you're just making cash on top of all the other awesome things you're out there going to do. Mm -hmm. No, I love it. So now let's keep stacking the framework, right? So you said side hustles. We talked about maybe buying a business. And then I think the last point you had brought up as an idea, right, was like then like investing, investing. So let's kind of keep going down this path of making our money work for us. We've done some side hustles. Maybe we've looked into buying a business. What's kind of like that, that fourth level of this? So I feel like this is the level that I feel like I personally didn't know so much about in my W-2 job. 
And this is the one I've spent a lot of time figuring out what to do with it. So you have that surplus of cash. Now you got the side hustle going. You're maybe silent partner in a business. You're running a business. And you're like, oh my God, I have more cash than I sort of know what need for the bills, the mortgage, the car, all that stuff. And instead of having it sit in the bank, this is where I suggest investing. Mm -hmm. So one example that we do is you invest in artwork. So I know I don't know that much about artwork, but I met a friend who is an art dealer and these two guys, they teamed up and they sell paintings at the end of the day. But what they do is they're not selling like Keith Haring paintings. I was at Art Basel this week. Like that's Warhol's like, that's a whole nother level. But they're selling up and coming artist paintings and they have a gallery in Westchester and they say, hey, this painting's going to cost you, let's say, $7,000. But this artist is about to spike in the art world. And in about two years, this painting is going to be worth $50,000. I'm pretty confident in this. Here's their stats. Here's their bio. Here's where this artist is going. Do you want to get in on the painting? You can buy it outright for $7,000, hang it up on your wall, make sure you preserve it. And in two, three years, when I know this artist takes off, come back to me and I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to basically like, you know, triple, quadruple your money. It's just one example. So what I love about art, y'all, just as another is, you know, especially if you have call it friends in the appraisal world a little bit, this is, you know, not a lot of people know this, but like the super wealthy and why they do a lot of things with art is they buy it. And then they donate it to the museum or they loan it to the museum and then take the depreciation right off of the fact it's not worth a million dollars and I donated, gifted it and they can write that off. So there's actually a lot of cool things you can do with art. If you like, it's crazy how you can move art around because the value of it is actually so um, crazy. I, actually, this is just a couple months ago. What a guy does is he he's an artist. He gets them appraised at a certain value, right? And then he can take a loan against that, right? Saying, mm -hmm. like, here are my assets. He can take a loan against that to then invest in other things. And then technically speaking, if he doesn't pay back that loan, the bank takes the asset. He literally is getting the bank to buy his art. Like, <laughs> Just think about this. He's getting it appraised at 10 grand, getting a loan against that 10 grand. And if he doesn't pay back that loan, they take the art. Like there's all the art is actually crazy, which you can do. I wouldn't recommend that strategy blending the lines there, but y'all art is not enough. People look into that. So art is one. Where else would you think? Because people here invest and they just automatically think stocks. And then same, or like, well, I got my 401k, like I am investing, Stacy. Like, where are other places to consider putting your money so it's not just sitting in a bank losing money? Yeah, I would say real estate is a big one that we invest in. So we are not going out and outright buying, let's say, a hotel in New York uh -huh. City that's going to cost, you know, $100 million plus dollars. But we have friends in the industry that are real estate developers. And so they're like, we're going to go to the bank. Let's say this hotel went bankrupt. We're going to buy out the bank note and we're going to raise money to fix up the hotel, rebrand it, maybe bring in some like big name partnership. 
And then we're going to go out and, and sell it. And so we're going to do an investment sort of cash call, what I would call it, and say you can invest in, and I'm not talking, I have to give a million dollars. I'm saying $20,000, We're now talking, you're making enough money that you can cover your bills at the end of the day. And so we would invest in this hotel and then they give you sort of a plan on when you think you can get your money out. And so at a certain increment, let's say six months, a year, two years, you, they'll come back to you and say, hey, you gave us $40,000, $40,000 now became $80,000. Would you like to take your money out? And there's sort of like tax kind of stuff you have to work out there. Or now I'm a real estate developer and I have all these other properties that I'm also going to invest in. Would you want to take your $80,000 and now reinvest it in a different property, different address? Maybe it's not a hotel, et cetera. And so I just opened my eyes to all these different frameworks to be like, you know, we just started this and we were like two or 5,000 in these examples have now become, you know, $80,000. And let's be honest it doesn't always work out, right? Like you're going to have to take the calculated risk that you can lose some of this money, but it's not sitting in a bank account. It's not in a 401k, which you maybe probably have going on at the same time. These are ways to double, triple your money. And in my mind, like a much shorter amount of time than keeping it in the bank and getting what, like, 1% 1% on it. Yeah, you're, you're losing money at that point. And, and again, my salespeople, taxes, 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 taxes. When you invest in real estate, short-term rentals, what it allows you to do from a tax perspective helps you keep more of the money you're making from your W-2 as well. So like those are things to also consider. Like, you know, you start making more and more money. You're like, I've had reps like move into like a new bracket and go, well, wait a minute, what just happened? Like, why? I feel like I'm making almost less now. It's like, well, welcome to another tax bracket here, right? And so having a side hustle, having a business, having real estate investments allows you to do things with taxes in terms of write-offs, depreciations, all of that that help you keep more of your W-2 money as well, as opposed to always sending it off to Uncle Sam. So then I guess kind of, you know, as we start to wrap this up, a little bit. It's like, okay, we've talked about okay, your W-2, you know, investing to get in the right room, investing in like courses and learning, kind of side hustles. We've talked about, you know, maybe buying a business or being a silent investor and then into like investing. So like, let's kind of wrap a bow on this of like, all right, how should I start this process? Right? Like, do I, do I start with real estate? Do I start with art? Like, how do I kind of, because I know when I started in this, it was, it was overwhelming. I was like, um, all right. So I need two short-term rentals. I need to buy a laundromat. I need yeah. to start day trading and maybe learn how to, you know, like, it's just like all the things, like, how would you recommend someone start kind of this process? Yeah. So, I mean, I would definitely educate yourself and read articles by renowned influencers, publications, etc. I'm sure there's tons of courses that you can take that are paid for also. I also recommend having an accountant and a banker and potentially a wealth advisor or financial advisor where you can go in and talk to someone. A lot of these services are actually 
free. Some of them are paid. But if you go into local banks or find a local accountant or a wealth advisor that's in your area, at the end of the day, they're willing to have these free conversations with you up into a point. And then at some point, yes, you will have to pay for their services, but you're just in this exploratory, grabbing knowledge, getting it all close to you and saying, okay, I realistically only have five grand. Where am I going to go with that? And so once you have some of these initial conversations and maybe took some courses, I think you'd have a really good idea of like where you want to go. Because I think the chaos is, I want to do all of those things. I want to invest in art and I want to invest in a business and I want to buy a car wash and I want to have like three rental properties. Not going to happen tomorrow, but eventually you may get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it it is actually crazy how quickly this can compound that I think oftentimes people think too big to start. It's like when people are starting their side hustle, I was like, pick a bill. Like pick a bill. Could be your car note. It could be, you know, your cell phone. Like pick a number and replace that with your side hustle. Whereas like, all right, I'm going to make $600 a month to pay for my car. And like just start like with a bill. But then if you start making an extra grand a month and you actually take that extra grand a month, by the end of that year, you've got 12 grand. Well, that 12 grand, you actually can put into something good, right? You can do something a little bit bigger with that. That then starts to make you two grand a month. Now you got 24 and like within five years, like you can actually quite, in my opinion, in five years of doing this right, like that's not a long time and you can replace your income and be in a much different place if you allow your money to work for you. So as we wrap this up, right, like we, you know, we didn't talk about selling today. We talked about what to do once you've been selling and doing well, but the name of this podcast is live better, sell better. Because I do have this weird idea that if we had more joy in life, more energy, more fulfillment, more happiness in life, that the sales, that the results, that the money would get better because of that. What would your live better advice be for people listening? I loved what you said earlier about how in sales, you got that like year ends coming, you got to hit those numbers or the quarters ending or the months ending. And in sales, you're just going to do anything you can break any rules to make that happen because you're putting those numbers into a commission calculator and you're like, if I get 130% over goal, oh my God, I'm going to hit like the big time or 200%, whatever it is. But I love the idea is when you're doing things you're really passionate about, you're doing things that you love. I do personally believe that the money will come to you if you're smart and you're systematic, just like all the pieces we've talked about today. And you actually will probably bring more joy into your life and more wealth into your life because you're making intrinsic decisions and and people gravitate towards people that are um, excited and in the know and awesome and have a lot of knowledge. And so I think not only will you outwardly have more opportunities, but inwardly more opportunities will come to you because you're operating at such a high frequency that people will want to be part of that. I love that. I I just the frequency, the people around you. And it's true, right? A lot of people get it twisted. They're like, I'll be happy when I make more money. (laughs) Right. When it's like, 
No, if you were happy now, you'll make more money. Like it, it's a total flip there. So I, I love this. This a different this... mindset that not everyone believes in, but I'm in with you, this small tribe that's like, I see it happening day in and day out with people I mm. talk to. Yeah. And it, it's one of those lessons that it's like, it's, in my opinion, because I've, you know, I've had a lot of these conversations, it's like, it's almost impossible to teach. Like, because like if you went back to 20 year old KD and said, Hey, like making 300 K 500 K million dollars, like it's not going to change that much about how you feel. You'd be like, get out of my face. I promise you that it will. Right. Like it's a very hard lesson to, to learn. Like once you there, I do believe you get to certain, there are different levels of money that allow you to live a different type of lifestyle that do allow for certain joys, pleasures, freedoms, happiness to come from then past a certain point. It's kind of all the same. You're just changing where you're spending that money. Whereas it's that inner work, right. Of like creating that joy, creating that happiness, being happy with who you are in life that then leads to the other side of all of this. And so, so Stacy, this was phenomenal. Where can people get more of you? Where are you putting out content? Where can they follow you? Newsletters, anything? Like how can people get more Stacy in their lives? Yeah, I put out content every day on LinkedIn. So Stacy Sussman on LinkedIn. I'm posting every day. At the end of the day, I'm in the game of revenue, but I talk about all these frameworks and concepts in my content, trying to not just talk about sales tactics at the end of the day, but this bigger framework and maybe this new age of how you should think about life. Listen, in my mind, we only got one life to live. So I think we should live it joyfully at the end of the day. I love it. Awesome. Well, Stacey, thank you so much for the time, the energy, the insights today. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you.